0: firecrackers. It's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. My lips are blue. My lips are blue. I am recording this. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to post it on our Instagram of my studio situation right now. There is a blizzard happening around me. (laughs) I'm still here. That's my dedication. That's how much I want to get these podcasts out to you. So it's worth it. It so is worth it. Uh, I was thinking today, you know, in line with um, giving a little bit more insight into my world at the beginning of these podcasts so that, you know, you know a little bit more about me and then I can know a little bit about you and then our community is just going to get stronger and better all the way along. Here's what I'm dealing with this week. I've got like crazy headaches. Anybody else having that? And I was like, oh, what's wrong with me? I mean... Gosh, I don't think I'm a hypochondriac, but I do tend to like think, oh my God, I'm not well. But then I think, oh, when's the last time you had water, Naomi? And I'm like, ah, three days ago. So that that's not great. I need to drink more water. The other thing is I'm staring at a computer like so much these days. I gotta get off the computer. So my, one of my boundaries that I put out there is that I try to shut down on Saturdays and I try to do something that is not on the computer. So, you know, I'll do something like, uh, something outdoors or I've been doing some collage art, which I'm really crazy about. Uh, You can go and check those out at my Instagram, at sneakus if you're interested. And um, actually, I posted a couple in Firecracker Department too, because um, I think there's fun crossover there. So, what do you do to balance your world? I'm not—I'm not always great at it, you know. My pop was a—he uh, was a workaholic. Well, I mean, gosh, he loved his job. He loved—he was a chemistry professor. Uh, he traveled all over the world teaching chemistry and. His students would say that he would stay up till like all hours of the night speaking about chemistry and then he'd be like up at the crack of dawn going for a jog and and doing his lectures. Like he just just loved it so much and I have inherited that gene. I love my job so much. I really do. I, I, I don't always find it easy. Like as an actor, I don't always find it easy when uh, work isn't available or... I don't know, the projects aren't the ones I want to be doing. But I would rather do what I am doing now than anything else in the world. And then with the firecrack department, it's just such a passion of mine. And uh, it means so much to me that I don't, I don't know, I don't feel like it is work. Um, What's not work for you? What do you wake up in the morning and are excited to do? Because it's all balance, right? Here's the thing. I don't think we're ever in balance. People are always talking about let's find balance. And I just don't think it's achievable but I will always try for it. So today I am shutting down my computer and I am going to read. Yeah, a book. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm going to do some collage art. So if you're interested, go over to my Instagram and the firecracker Instagram and check out what I make this weekend. That's my commitment to you. Let me know what you're doing to balance your life and to stay off the computer. Um, and then post it to me. I mean, that's so, ridiculous. That's ironic. So stay off the computer, but then get back on the computer to let me know how you've stayed off the computer. Uh Uh-huh. Good stuff, Naomi. Now, before I get to our amazing guest today, we have got a firecracker shout out for you. I love these. I love the ability in firecracker department where we not only celebrate people whose resumes are super long, but also celebrate resumes that are new. And so if you have a shout out, Send them my way. But this is definitely not a new resume. Our first podcast guest of 2021, composer Nanita Desai, has new music out. And boy, I love celebrating new music. I've started dancing in the morning. Anybody else throw in a little tune on the old uh, radio or CD player or record player? I have a record player here. I'm having a great time. I throw in a tune, do a little dance, starts the day off right. What's your jam? Let me know. Today I am sharing with you, from our first guest, Nanita Desai, her new music. It's the soundtrack to the film, The Reason I Jump, and it's releasing singles monthly. The first one, which you're listening to right now, Beauty is in the Detail, it's called, and it's already out with a beautiful accompanying music video, It's it's so calming. And it's so exciting. You can just kind of feel like it washes over you. Can you feel that? Close your eyes for a second. Just feel the beauty of what Nanita Desai is creating. You're like, shut up, Naomi, and let me listen. All right. said I was shut up, I'm not going to. The next single, Floating Into Focus, comes out Friday, February 12th. Stay tuned for accompanying music videos to all of those. The third single, Drowning in a Sea of Words, comes out March 19th. So to follow along with her music and her journey, follow Nanita Desai at Nanita D-E-S-A-I. Welcome back, Firecracker Music. Okay, oh, big big shout out to Nanita. Not only is she an amazing artist, what an amazing discussion we had on our podcast. If you haven't checked that out, please do. And then let me know what you thought. Okay, our guest today is singer, voice performance coach, extraordinary person, Elaine Overholt. Elaine's resume reads like, I mean, it reads like a Billboard Top 100 or like a Best of Broadway list. It's It's amazing, it's wild. She has worked with so many incredible performers and is so. Is, she's such an incredible human being herself. As a Broadway coach, Elaine trained the lead singers from Hairspray, The Producers, Mamma Mia, Kinky Boots, and so many shows of Mervish Productions. And as a vocal coach in 2007's Hairspray, she worked with John Travolta, Zach Efron, Michelle Pfeiffer, along with Catherine Zeta Jones, Renee Zellweger, and Queen Latifah for the Oscar winning. Chicago. I mean, it's mind-boggling. She's also worked with folks like Sean Mendez, Jim Cuddy, Elena Miles, Julie Black, Jackie Richardson, and Megan Fox. Incredible. Incredible. Like she just, I mean, you're gonna find out when you listen to this interview, but she's just such a dynamo. Her energy just radiates. You can't help but just like soak it in, even long distance. She started as a young girl performing gospel music in her church choir. Then she went to university for voice performance and became a backup singer for, get a load of this, Tina Turner, Anne Murray, Dionne Warwick. And since then, Elaine has performed on world stages, TV, film, and she's even had her own show on the Oprah Winfrey Network. On her TV series, Big Voice, Elaine took gifted but untried singers, put them in a six-week boot camp, culminating in their dream performance. And the show is incredible, it just, it shows the power of voice, it shows the power of of instruction and cheerleading and confidence and the power of Elaine. Who's kidding who? She's inspiring and she has such an incredible and unique experience and stories to share. I loved my talk so much because it felt like I was kind of going back to theater school and I got so into like the vocal warm-ups and things. And I was like, oh, I missed that. I missed like... The days where that was the focus, you'd wake up at like six in the morning, you'd have like an hour warm up if you had an audition, or you'd get to theater school like early to go over warm ups or exercises. Oh, she just brought me right back to the love of the craft, which is what a gift. Okay, let's do it. Here's my chat with Elaine Overholt. I have to say every vocal coach I've ever worked with, I feel like they have a gift of some sort a gift of like another alter reality where you have like a sensibility of seeing into people's souls through their voice and through their breathing do you agree with that perspective i love that
1: description and and i th- i think <laughs> it's true for the very good ones i think there are some yeah who you don't feel that with you know who aren't either for whatever reason their soul is not like that or they they're in it for the money just the money and the regular paycheck and or for whatever other reasons but there comes something with being a coach and i find the more i do it and i've been doing it for a long time the more i am dedicated to it the more i i have a thirst to get inside mm. of your mind, to get inside of your soul, and figure out what makes you tick, what makes you um, have a lot of tension in your upper body, you mm-hmm. know, or 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 what is there in your history that causes your jaw to be like this, or to use this often happens, or to, or to use a small sound because you don't feel you have the right to make a large sound. Yeah. And I, I know I'm going off your question yeah. just a little bit, but um, I, I do no, think go, that... go. I love where you're going. <laughs> but there are so, there are uh, a number, many, many teachers who are extremely gifted. And again, mm-hmm. the, the more you listen, I think it's all about the teacher listening, not just listening to the mm-hmm. sound coming out of the student's ear or the, during that lesson, but to listen to, I, I talk to them. I find out, you know, if there's something driving them crazy or something happened or something way in their past. And as I get to know the student, I become, student, the singer, I become more and more um, able to help them peel off the layers of yeah. stuff that is preventing them from opening up that voice and going deep oh into gosh. a song. But it's the yeah, same as, or, as, or as just
0: a... in speaking. But I, I just think that always like with singing, you can't, you like, I, don't you think, okay, here's my, pre- I don't even know, you tell me what you think about this. But I think with acting, I think that actors can get away with more, with faking it more. But I think because singing is connected to your breath, that you can't, you like, I see, like I see musicals and people are raving about them and I'm like, meh. I don't think they really connected to what they were saying. What do you think about that idea? Well, I, I agree. I think it's, it is partially the breath for
1: sure. That connection, but I think it's to do with the sustained tone. When you're speaking, you're not sustaining tone. You're talking, talking, talking when you sing, ah, there's a literal, physical, scientific vibration that is is in your body Mm -hmm. it's in your chest it's in your nasal passages it's in your head and it's vibrating and i've done a lot of thinking about this it's all Mm -hmm. i'm i'm not a scientific person at all and i'm not a scientific type teacher at all but there's something primal that happens when mm, you connect with that and you can literally feel it if you put your fingers you know on your bones on the Mm -hmm. side of your nose and you go
0: "Mm mmm Mm, mm, Do you feel yeah. a vibration there mm, go apart
1: yeah well mm, 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 yeah mm, okay I'll tell you mm, mm, mm. and just before you go up you put your heart against your chest and your collarbones ah you should feel a vibration uh, there. yeah yeah
0: right I'm so, vibrating
1: man yeah you're vibrating so the sound is literally vibrating out of your body that is your soul that is the sound of your soul and so many people don't connect with that you know you'll have women who talk up like this a lot yeah. and they're not accessing and, and there are men that talk up like that too they're not accessing the nay 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 the bones the muscle tissues inside yeah. that amplify the sound that comes a teeny little sound that comes out of your vocal cords and mm-hmm. some people can access it because they've been doing it since they were little 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 kids there and you hardly have to teach them any of that because mm-hmm. it's already there, mm-hmm. and there are other people yeah. who have closed themselves off to
0: it. I if you talk if you start yeah. to talk about speaking, I work with a lot yeah, of yeah because I don't think it's just for singers. Like I think you know absolutely. when people know you're a vocal coach, they think oh well I'm not a singer so it doesn't matter. But I think uh, like, this conversation is actually crucial for people that want to have a voice. Do you know absolutely? Because if you're talking like this or as you said that sort of whisper like there's something blocking you from being the powerful voice that you need to be exactly and it can be something as simple as uh
1: and i I hope this doesn't happen as often in this day and age but you know as a a a little girl grows up you know especially if she's really little and pretty and and sort of you know people expect a certain sound out of her and she might be coddled by her parents Mm -hmm or by her teachers and never feel that she can go yeah you know and she never (laughs) develops that side of her right so the power of the expression is in that ability to ah to find that and so uh, a teacher will lead them to that hopefully not by doing just all head head voice stuff Mm -hmm. which they do in choirs and stuff and that's important too that's important too. No kidding. Uh, you got to learn to, you know, sing a tune. You got to learn to read, you got to learn to have rhythm um, and all of that good stuff. But in terms of finding the primal, primal sound and when speak, I've had guy, I had a guy come to me who was uh, 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 the, the uh, CEO of a large corporation and honest right. to God, Naomi, he talked like this. And he said, I mm-hmm. need to work with my, I need you to work with my voice because I have to do big meetings and board meetings, and I don't know how to express myself. My Thanks. heart just melted. The smartest guy in the whole wide world coming up with incredible ideas that will change our medical world. And to get him to say, yeah, was almost yeah. impossible at first. And it, to, and as I got to know him, started to ask questions. Found out that in the family, a lot of kids, like six kids or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, right. Italian family, you know, very demonstrative. But he was the quiet one, and he right. took that place. So he got labeled. He, the he got labeled. He labeled himself too. Uh, he and he got labeled as the mm-hmm. one who never spoke up. Um, I know myself. All
0: right.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, in school, I used to, I, I've always had this fear. I'm getting, getting deep here. Uh, I've always had this fear of sounding. Okay, I'm Lydia. <laughs> um, I always had this fear of sounding stupid and yeah, there's a reason for it. Uh, yeah. I, someone in my family used to call me stupid all the time. So I carried that with yeah. me and I never felt that I could speak up in school that I had anything important to say. Maybe that's why part of the reason I delved in so deeply. Okay. So, what would I do? I would shut up and not speak my opinion because I didn't want people to disagree with me. I still Mm -hmm. deal with that every day of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think what Mm -hmm. developing your voice does is it. And we're developing the core to your voice, the backbone, I like to call it. You know, the, the, the healthy tree has this trunk that's beautiful, but it can blow in the breeze. And then at the top are all the leaves. And that's all this stuff coming out of your voice. And the, these consonants and the vowels and the joyfulness of speaking or singing. Oh, boy, that was a long one. I do talk a lot. I forgot to warn you
0: about it. Oh, my God. I love it so much, Elaine. I'm No, I'm for everything that you're putting down right now. Because I do, I think that there are so many people and especially listeners to firecracker department that talk about like finding your voice and it's important to speak your voice. And I think a lot of us grew up at table dinner tables when we were told to be quiet. And that like, I was definitely not the most intellectual of my family because I have come from a family of intellects, but I still have a voice. I still have a place. Absolutely. So I love what you're saying. I think that it's important to be able to know like your triggers? Because what you talked before, like how saying like, if you grew up in a family that was told that, you know, to be quiet, or you're the quiet one. So what are the ways to break down those barriers? Because they surface, they resurface for your entire life. They do. And they they will continue to do
1: that. And all I can say about that is, in terms of, um, of managing it is uh, a few few things. I used to imagine that there was a a monkey sitting on my shoulder, you know, the bad monkey, sort of the devil, the devil monkey. And it mm. would whisper things into my ear, like, oh, you know that, because I give a, I do do a lot of um, keynote speeches, not in the last year, but uh, I do keynote speaking and stuff. And I, as, and so when you're talking about speaking again, ah! I'm a singer, I'm not a speaker, right? So um, I would imagine right. that I'm flicking that thing off my shoulder. And what I say is, you go through the fear and do it anyway. You just got to have the courage yeah. to do it. One thing that will help people is to, and what a lot of people don't understand is you got to put in some time. You got to put in some real time. And what I mean by that is get alone get by Exactly, and, and, and get alone by yourself in a room and start going, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, which Which was- Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's very hard for many people. They will go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, right. so right. that you're raising the level of your new normal to be able to go up like this when you speak and down like this when you speak. I When I watch TV, especially newscasts and whatnot, I'm constantly watching people... Um, and things like when they don't open mm-hmm. their mouth very far because, you know, whatever reason, they yeah. don't want to open their mouth. Again, that's tough that. for some people because it's an emotional letting go. I'm not saying you have to yeah. be loud either, either way. But, um, or, you know, the, the, uh, the um, uh, no. newscaster who whose voice stays on one level the whole time and it never goes up and it never goes down. It just stays here like this. And they don't know that they can put it up there and then they can put it down there. I'm overdoing it, of course, but there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I think it's all connected, right? So these folks that are speaking and saying like, I have a voice, I am a voice, and they're like straining their vocal cords. But I think it's so connected to your body too. Like, and you must find this, you know, I, I teach improv and whenever I watch actors and I can see they're being like super truthful, their bodies are open, their shoulders are down. And as soon as they go into like a level that might be a bit vulnerable, their arms go crossed, like they do a thing that there's a habit of like a, I don't know, somehow closed. Yeah. Do you You're see this? So yeah. Or in their jaw. Like every day.
1: The, yeah. And the jaw is a big one. Cause the only way you can open yeah. your mouth is with your jaw joints. Yeah. You can, you can open your lips as I'm much as you can. I'm right now. Right. Um, and, and, and that jaw joint is right in front of your ears. It's quite far back and it's huge. And so if the, yeah you're gonna have to get used to the physical feeling of letting go and it's terrifying for some people at first but once you get it i mean there's this great exercise i call it the king's speech exercise which was in the movie the King's speech and um colin firth obviously played the king and uh jeffrey australian actor fabulous was the vocal coach rush 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 thank you and the exercise goes like this: you clasp your hands together, and I'm I'm moving my L, my hands away and towards now, yeah, 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 my now, chin, right? Now. And it's just this: you have to let the neck go
0: and the jaw go. Like a,
1: so it's ma. And now, the now,
0: now, 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 now. I have I have big jaw tension, so I know. I can you're see right, that. Me right now.
1: Oh, I love it! You I got love a it. Uh, do it again in a second, and let your jaw go a little further open than you would just do this first open your mouth as far as you can and stick your tongue out ah ah okay good that's a start so now when we do uh you're also going to let your neck go all right i'm sitting in one butt cheek i'm sitting in the other and my head's going side my body's going side to side and i'm letting the head fall to gravity oh, i'm hearing something not back. i'm not yeah. leading with the top of my head like this and if you look at me right now if i go like this i am not moving my neck Right, Right. I'm just moving my body. You really got to let it go at the back of the neck. But anyway, this time when you do it, let your tongue sit on top of your bottom lip. Ma, okay. Ma, let me see that. Uh, Say ma. uh, Okay, good. So then you're gonna go ma, Ma. and it feels silly. The chin, the skin under your
0: chin.
1: Let me see you go side to side as you're doing it. Make sure you're not going la 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 with your tongue. La, 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 la. The tongue should not be moving. It's like a piece of dead meat in the bottom of your mouth. Or if you're vegan, maybe <laughs> tofu or something yeah. like that. Ma. It says there. It doesn't go You know, it just hangs there. Ma- <laughs> it's
0: what a gorgeous it's- sound right and it's just sort of like letting go but i know it's so funny because i knew we were going to be speaking and i feel like vocal coaches see right through me like i think there are acting coaches that are similar to that and have that skill but i feel like vocal coaches go i see the tension you're faking it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and um also a good vocal and this is another thing i've i've learned over the decades I used to direct my students or my, you know, the person in the lesson a lot. Now I I realized, and uh, my wonderful partner, Glenn Morley has taught me this, uh, to teach them or to help them find it themselves. Like if I, I, a lot of vocal teachers will just, they want to give you all the answers because they want to look smart and they want to feel like they, okay, I've accomplished it in this lesson, but, when mm-hmm. you just ask the question um for instance i can give somebody i can tell somebody okay i want you to look onto the screen when you do this exercise or into a mirror and then afterwards i want you to tell me what you see and yeah. so they'll do it let's say that exercise that we just they'll do it and then i'll say what did you see and they'll go uh i don't know because they're not trained, they have trained their brain to do the work mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. And I do find that a lot of actors who are used to having coaching, 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 will not learn to coach themselves.
0: You know what I Agreed. mean? Agreed. Agreed. They're always yes. looking to other people like, tell me what I'm doing. And I'm like, just right. tell-, tell yourself what you're doing. You got it. Go, go with your gut. Yeah,
1: and go home and do the work. Look into the mirror when you do this exercise or when you do this line into the song. Be your own producer, be your own director, be your own vocal coach. Um, And what it trains them to do. And I've had a child, I've raised a child. (laughs) My father used to have a great saying. Uh, You burn your arse, you're the one that has to sit on it. Meaning you have have to take responsibility for your own actions. And I, you know, and half of that is teaching the parents to let their kids fail Uh, with the younger ones Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. who want to do everything for their kids. And I, oh man, parents get me right away. I am brutal with parents. No sitting in on the lesson. No, and I I respect them because they're the ones paying for it. But I say to them, you can sit on the first lesson because you deserve to see what I'm doing with your child. But once that's over, you're out of here. And I don't teach the little, little, little ones. You know, I'm usually starting at that 12, 13, 14 range. Most of my students are adults. But my biggest job is teaching them to teach themselves. Teaching them to listen. I love that so much. It's so important. That's, if we if we as a teacher get our ego out of the way, then yeah. they will come up with the answers. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's so crucial. Is this
0: always, was this always part of your plan to be a vocal coach? Because I feel like there must have been a time where you realized you had this gift, and you had to put it to use. Was um, this always part of your plan?
1: Yes and no. Um, I I grew up want, like a lot of people, sort of wanting to be a star or whatever. Although the biggest, you know, I was a I was a doer. I was always doing the work, uh, and I piano, mm-hmm. piano, piano, piano for the. And I went into Western as a piano major, not as a vocal major. I ended up switching in my last year, but I was a highly trained classical pianist, which is why I can also uh, accompany very very well yeah. uh, when I'm working with singers. But um, uh, I, I wanted to be a performer. Yeah. And I, so I, uh, all those years I worked on my best performance. But at the age of 14, I had 25 piano students. So wow. I have always 14. taught. I had a sticker collection. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I come from a very religious background. I, I don't believe in the same way at all anymore. But uh, I certainly have so many things that came with me. And one of them being your job in life is to develop your gifts to the highest degree and then give them back. So I can give them back as a performer I or I can give them back as a coach. And my mother said, and this sounds like a cop out, but my mother says, uh, used to say, uh, "You don't worry. Or she said, she'd say... Uh, don't forget, you can always teach. Oh, she said, make sure you can always teach because you'll be able to make a living. Mm-hmm. Truer words were never spoken. Mm-hmm. There are people that get into it for the money. And generally, yeah, if they're only in it for hours. that, yeah, if they're only in it for that, they'll be lesser teachers. I think what I learned over the years is that well, I have this thing, I need to be the best at whatever I choose to do. I do have <laughs> yeah, that competitive streak. And yeah, so I'm yeah. very hard on myself. But then in the later years, what started to happen was I would I would see the light bulb come on with a student, um, a singer. And when you're working on something and all of a sudden the eyes would get big or they would hear themselves coming with a sound that they had never heard come out of them before. And they would often cry, you know, or laugh. Yeah, yeah, because you so connect. So that, that sense of of purpose became my new purpose.
0: Right. And wh- what do you think, I mean, I absolutely get that. And you can see just speaking with you, and you can see from the people that work with you, the passion that you not only instill, but uh, generate within them. Um, what do you think, um, what do you think the singing and the vocal work provided for you growing up? Like at 14 teaching, what do you think that gave to you?
1: Oh, I think it gave me a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging and where I belong in the universe. Uh, and I think any of the arts do that. Whether, whether, a, a, a performer, an instrumentalist or a singer, or an actor ends up there, you know, uh, for their whole life is another story. But I think it gave me a sense of purpose and and a sense of wanting to create art, wanting to create beauty, wanting to make Mm -hmm. a line of a song, not just a line of a song, but you know, to make it rise and fall. And you know, I could sing, the whole the whole day through or which is fine and it sounds lovely but i could sing Mm. the whole day through that was a bad example the whole day through you see because i decided to make some magic i decided to raise it to a level of art. So that's that's where the mm-hmm. opening of the mind, the brain comes in to not just be satisfied, you mm-hmm. know?
0: And it's the same in, yeah, in acting. And great. I took a lot of acting. These crossover, like I wanna make sure that people listening, it's not just vocal for singing, it's like connecting to your vocal power.
1: Absolutely.
0: And and, and the, the idea of creating moments,
1: incredible moments goes into, uh, you know, Um, a a monologue uh, a scene or a song and uh, to me a song is merely a monologue anyway so you're always looking for that how do I make this magical you know yeah Yeah. how do I look at my scene partner and say it with something deep going on inside
0: yeah oh my god I love everything you're saying I I Totally. I think it's difference. That's when I, whenever I talk to people about, you know, their parents or their siblings, I say, what was their first name? Because if you say my father's name and I say my father's name, it's going to resonate so differently.
1: Absolutely.
0: But I think absolutely. Okay, I, love, here's, I love that. Here's the challenge though, because I think like I speak to you and I, you know, I, I was in theater school and I worked with people that lit a fire that made me passionate about the magic that you're talking about. And then we cross over into the thing called business. And we're grasping at holding on to hold that magic. And we're on set going, okay, let me find my intention. Let me find the resonating magic. And we're being told by the director to stand where the tape, the blue tape is. And that's what you're getting. Yep. So that's the part for me that I'm like, how do you cross that over?
1: Okay, I have some thoughts on that. Um, it's okay, so it. really important. I love it. It's a really important question.
0: Um, i
1: imagine that i'm sort of this is my process i am split down the center and it's always the right side of me and maybe because i'm left-handed i don't know but right side left brain like right right brain the right side of me uh either with my career as a whole or the lesson that i'm teaching or the song that i'm singing or the line that i'm singing there's the right side is being technical the right side is saying okay Uh, Maybe I have to hold this a little longer. I'll put the vibrato in here or the phone rings and, oh, I got to go answer the call from my agent. Um, And and that intellectual brain is working, okay? Mm -hmm. Then there's the left side, which is the childlike sense of discovery that nothing is wrong or nothing is right. It's what it is if you want to call it improv if whatever you want to call it but you your desire is to just fly and and not mm-hmm. be involved with anything so how do you marry those uh, and by the way there I this will sound like name dropping but that this idea was so apparent to yeah. me when I was standing behind the set of the Ellen show when I was brought on yeah. there and I was on twice and and the um, right side of me is saying, okay, I gotta remember that Ellen is, uh, you know, she's the funny girl, I'm the straight person. Uh, uh, I'm gonna do this exercise and this exercise (laughs) and this exercise, which I'd worked out with the segment producer ahead of time. And then we'll go over to the piano and I'm gonna play this on the piano and and, and I'll sing a line and she'll sing it back or whatever. And the left side of me was saying oh my god i'm on the ellen show and i'm just a girl from Woodstock, (laughs) ontario and this is so exciting you know and i allowed that to be part of it i didn't try and put a lid on it and shove it down no you have to learn to use both of them right but when you walk Mm -hmm. onto a stage or the camera rolls you gotta go to the you gotta go to the side that's gonna forget about all the technique, forget about the business, forget about all that. And when that camera rolls or that song starts and you're walking out on stage at Mervish Productions to sing whatever, you just open your soul and open your heart yeah. and, and go with the flow. And you've probably experienced the the phenomenon that happens occasionally and only occasionally in a, in a performer's life. It's like you get on a, get on a, a magic carpet yep. and all of a sudden yep. a roll starts to happen and you stay yeah. on it and you stay on it and you stay on it. N- don't know where it comes. Don't know when it comes, where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It just happens and it's exhilarating yeah. beyond. But if you haven't
0: done the yeah, work. Yeah, it's the, the work, right? You can't it, just jump into that you and hope that for it magically years. appears. Exactly. For years, you
1: have to sit at home or sit in classes or do whatever the work is in front of a mirror, videotape yourself or whatever it takes. Listen to the sound back. Look at what your intention is. And if you can't get comfortable with all of that, you're going to be doing that while you're on stage and you can't do that. That's the learning that requires every artist, every great artist to pay attention to especially yeah, in theater agreed. because theater you know as opposed to cutting up scenes in film or television theater is that beginning all the way to the end
0: you know yeah i mean that's the that's the problem with film is that you you work on your craft and suddenly the craft is out the window and it's all about we only have 10 minutes to get this really complicated monologue yeah so off you go but i think you're right it's all it's the work up to that moment yes
1: absolutely and then you forget about it you throw it out the window and just go
0: yeah and trust. I mean that takes trust and meditation out of that kind of split focus because I spin plates in my life and I have like, you know, like something going on and then action and so how do I like shut that monkey brain down and open that up monkey? So there's lots of monkeys in my brain. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of multitasking that we're are, we're called upon to do and and when I had a child that was oh my god that multitasking became and and I was a single mom for quite a few years, right. so wow. and and teaching at home on my own having my own company and 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 I was uh, you know. Uh, entertainment producer on television shows and oh, okay. yeah. and I mean oh, there were a million things <laughs> then, going on at once. Yeah. Um, and and to learn, I think that's when I learned. You know, I would be downstairs in my home studio giving a lesson when my daughter was five years old, and then uh, she would come home and she'd come in the door and was like, "Hi, mommy!" And I'd have to be, "Hi, honey!" And and Mom. and and then I'd have an, an hour break. or sorry, a half hour break, and I'd make her a little lunch. You know, and let her go do whatever, watch TV uh, while I did one more lesson. Um, or, you know, sometimes you bring a kid home, uh, a friend home. And I learned to go bang, 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 bang. And then I'd be on the phone to someone yeah. in New York, an agent in New York, booking someone for a, a TV show, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's when- a lot. It's a lot. And did you ever did you ever stray? Did you ever like because like from the age of 14, when you had 25 students, Did you ever go, oh, you know what, maybe I should go back to school for accounting? I don't think that would have been a good choice, just for for the
1: Um, record. Yeah, Uh, you know what, I guess I'm lucky that never was, uh, I did have a couple jobs. I remember working at a jewelry store, a Mappins jewelry store in in London while I was at Western. That was terrible. I worked at an underwear factory for a summer, but I was only 16 then. Uh, yeah, but no, no, i I always knew that this is what I was gonna do, but that I had to work like a dog um to make it happen. And I was blessed with a you know a modicum of talent to go with it. But I recognized that. It sounds like it. and i I adopted yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like I accepted it. And you but valued I valued it. And I valued it. yes, absolutely. And I never questioned it. Mm-hmm. I just thought, okay, I gotta. I got to develop it because I want to sound, yeah. I want to be able to do what Barbara Streisand does on that line or Aretha Franklin yeah. does on that line or Renee Fleming yeah. does
0: on there. I want to be able to do that, you know? Yeah. What's, what's the last time that you were listening to something? And I, I feel like you must cry every day because things hit your heart. You're just an open hearted person. But what was the last time that you heard either like a speech or a song that made you weep because it was so connected? Um, yesterday? I know, I'm just saying, I bet you cry every day. What happened yesterday?
1: No, I mean, well, yesterday was the inauguration
0: of Joe Biden. Oh, the inauguration, of course. Yeah. But that's an interesting example. Because Joe Biden, I don't think Joe Biden is as, shall we say, like, open as Barack Obama was vocally. But he still is able to connect with people.
1: I... I feel differently about that in that I think they're both really comfortable in their own skin uh, in the way that they yes. speak, in different That's ways. And I think the thing I love about Biden is that um, he, he believes every single thing that he's saying he knows he has to say certain things because the world is listening but he is so connected to his purpose i Mm -hmm. mean and when you've gone through some of the tragedies that he's gone through that does bring you down to to your primal self and that you don't give a good god darn about a whole lot of other things um but life and death you know, and how that affects not only your family, but the world. So I think he, he understands his own power intimately. And, I, and then mm-hmm. let's go to the other end, to the young girl um, who do, does the poetry. Yeah, Amanda, uh, the poetry. Now there's a 22 year old. She doesn't do right? a lot acting wise. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. she's so, can. I mean, these are her words and yeah. her purpose she understates in her delivery she understates and because the the, the nature of oh, this is another thing when you when you choose material either a song or a monologue that has depth and power you're going to
0: yeah
1: you're going to be a very different performer and I'll just speak from the song part mm-hmm. I keep you know it's one of the things I have to teach younger people is that you know, I, I, sometimes I'll let them do the song du jour of their favorite pop song, song because I want them to feel involved and have fun. And uh, yeah. but then I'll I'll play. I'll, you know, we'll do something by Joni Mitchell, or I'll do a, you know a classical piece. And at first they'll go, mm, I don't know, and then they understand the depth of the writing of that I mean I live with a composer who also writes songs and whatnot and I'm and I've composed songs myself and that's I always tell singers that's where the real art is is the composition of something absolutely poetry poetry anyway she Mm -hmm. um she I think is obviously she's gonna be on everybody's minds for the rest of her life probably Mm -hmm. And then mm-hmm. you know the new Maya Angelou or, or whatever. I shouldn't compare her, but um, what a what a beautiful and she doesn't she didn't have to emote. You know she didn't have to no. overdo it. She just stated the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, connecting. I think that's such a true statement of like believing hundred percent in what you're saying. And I think as an actor finding the lines that you have in front of you and finding a way into it so that you are a hundred percent. believing Exactly. And actually you, you you just
1: brought up something interesting. I actually do sense memory work, uh, with, uh, people doing songs. Um, you know, and if people don't know what sense memory work, it's basically, you know, figuring out what, what is the sense in this piece that I'm doing, whether it's a monologue or a scene or a song and, what What is there in my memory that goes so deep into my mm-hmm. soul, and it, it should involve one person, that I can speak to that person, even though the scene might be slur- sort of different, blah, blah, blah. But if I connect with that yeah. person, like the boyfriend that just broke up with me, or the grandmother that passed away that I can't talk to anymore, I will talk to her, you know, and... Yeah. And to do that in a song, I've had people, I can't even tell you how many times who break down and cry and we've done it in master classes and in my private lessons who will break down and cry when they make that connection. I'm sure you've, you've experienced it many times in acting classes and acting scenes and whatnot. Yeah. And then, but then I said, I'll say to them, okay, I, you know, the fact that you broke down shows me that you have access to something that is extremely deep. Yeah. Now, you're going to put that out there, access it the same way. You may not cry because it's very, very, very hard to sing and cry at the same time.
0: Yeah. I like yes, acting right. a
1: scene. Uh, very, very hard because, you know, the voice gets all choked up and you can't sustain, ah, mm-hmm. the sound goes. Um. So once somebody learns that access oh my god it just opens a huge yeah. it's like it's open this opening the,
0: the key to this huge door that opens for them mm-hmm. I, I love everything you're saying I, I and i love like the trajectory of your career because you've spun so many different plates you've been able to be a performer a teacher you've been you know the the um uh oh my god maria uh, oh TV the judge show. the judge yeah. um, yeah, but that's also like a whole other level of your craft, right? Was there something along the way that is one of your most proudest moments of, of your career? Um,
1: there have been a few. Well, you know, in terms of, I guess, who I worked with, I think the one that, you know, sort of stands out is when I backed up Ray Charles one night. and um, Yeah, that might I, do it. <laughs> I mean I and you got to understand I grew up playing the piano and I listen he was my one of my absolute you could count on my one hand five idols mm-hmm. and I would emulate yeah. his playing the piano and the way he moves back and forth like yeah. this when he
0: when he's saying right I mean this was a while ago it was 1991 I mean that's really. a claim to fame yeah sure. really yeah and you've worked with such incredible people do you have like like the thing that you're working towards do you have something that is like I don't know, like the, the, the pillar of, of, of the penultimate, the, career the that ultimate, you're, the penultimate.
1: okay, I'll put it out there. And I haven't done anything about it yet. Um, I've been wanting to write a book. I I love yeah. to write, I love to write. And I'm at the stage in my life where, you know, I've done so many things that are like, the hullabaloo and the, the struggle, the struggle, put it on Facebook, put it on yeah. YouTube, put it on Instagram and all this struggle. And and I don't really, I mean, I'm still teaching and I'm still teaching a lot. So I've never had to worry about that, which is great. But I feel that there are some things that I can only say over a long trajectory. And I love yeah. the writing process. I'm, I don't think I'm very good at it at it I don't know I'll just speak from my heart and maybe I'll have a great editor but I'll put it out there is that it's something that you know before I die I would like to put it down partially because um I'd like to do it for my daughter you know as a sort of uh this is this is what happened you know and it would be a memoir (laughs) with a lot of extra stuff thrown in so and and performing wise it's interesting performing wise I don't have a huge desire to i I did that for so long i'm not saying i wouldn't you know get up on stage and be a part of a great concert or you know a charity or something like that and i still do that sort of stuff well not so much during covid uh i haven't sung in a while to be honest other than singing with my um students in the lesson the little bit that you do uh i haven't really sung you must
0: miss it though
1: do i miss it um some days but not usually i think i would miss honestly i would miss playing the piano more if that was taken away from me i think i would
0: miss that more because maybe it was because my first what does playing the piano bring to you that you can't access otherwise
1: um that's a very interesting question um it brings, it. I guess because I've been doing it since I was a little, little, little girl, and I'm sitting at my piano right now. Can you hear it? I think that Love it. there's an energy that comes from my brain and my soul out through the ends of my fingers, you know? Yeah. And I learned to create magic through my fingers first. I mean, we all sing. We sing from childhood. You know, we all sing. But I had a, a phenomenally gifted piano teacher in Woodstock, Ontario, Marie Thompson. And, um, the, you know, sh- the biggest gift she gave me was the gift of how do you create magic. And this is something I do with my vocal students. I'll use this as an example. I'll, I'll play them this. Right, which is Chopin fantasy impromptu. I can't play the whole thing anymore. But they all go, wow! And I said, I was playing that at 12 years old. Yeah. And they'll go, oh my goodness. Really? And I'll say, my When my teacher put that piece of music on the music stand, I looked at it and I said, Um, I can't play that. There are too many right. notes on the page. And <laughs> she, in her wisdom, said, you can, and I'm going to show you how. She would say, right, right and this applies to singing, and this applies to speaking a line. She would say, mm-hmm. right hand only, play the first three notes, please. So I'd go. Yeah okay she'd say she wouldn't make any any judgment on it she'd say make the first one soft the middle one louder and the and the second one so a third one soft oh and i'd go oh right Magic. that's where the magic is now she'd say a little faster please and i'd go a little faster and she'd say make sure your your wrist comes up at the end and your elbow out like that makes your body leans into it i learned about i have this whole thing about connecting to your legs and your feet i mean you and i haven't even talked mm-hmm. about that i honestly learned it from her from playing the piano of throwing your body so a little faster and then she'd say play the next four notes please And she'd say, now at the end, I want you to let your elbow come out and let your hand come off the keyboard like that. Wow. Right. And then a little faster, please. Of course. And also making sure you have the right fingering. So that you're ready to do that. Right. And that didn't even have anything to do with the left hand. Then I had to learn the left hand. So you'd spend
0: weeks and months and months learning this piece.
1: That's how you break it
0: down. But she was also like seeing, I mean, I'm watching you, people are listening to this, but I'm watching you connect not only to the music and your fingers, the magic there, but the movement of it. And I think there's a huge disconnect with artists, um, like even if it's cerebral and we're actors using our voice, but we're not connected to our body or you're a painter and you're connected to your paintbrush, but you're not connected to your body. Like the more we're connecting to our body, the better. And gosh, we're so much on Zoom and everything else. We're, we're, we're going the wrong direction, but you know, we've got a lot to fight against.
1: I'm so glad that you brought that up. Actually, the first thing I do when I'm working with a singer is get them into their feet and their legs, their, their quadriceps, their calves and their knees and their feet. And some people, you know, and I, I'll try and describe for the radio or for the podcast, what this is like, some people singing, everything is pulled up, you know, the shoulders are yeah. up and the chest yeah. is up and, and, there. and there's yeah. a tense in your you tense and your shoulders and your neck and everything. And I just, you know, I, I get them to bend their feet, put put their feet apart a little bit, one foot ahead of the other and push into one foot, push into the other foot. And, and if you're sitting down playing piano, you're pushing into what one butt cheek and the other butt cheek, and sometimes you're going to go forward. Right. So it's, you're create, you're using the strength of the very large muscles of the lower body you're letting your spine go Mm -hmm. like a snake because that's how the energy Mm -hmm. comes up and out your mouth and then i teach upper body letting go and in my vocal warm-ups indeed i start with that and do that whole thing but so in other words see i'm moving back and forth my spine is loose i'm letting my head go like like it's not not so much like a bobblehead like this. That's it. What, what you're doing is great. You're letting it fall to gravity.
0: I know I can't help it. I'm doing it.
1: Yeah. When you get into a song, uh, you're not standing there like a stiff board, you know, with your hands by your side like this. There's this and I often you you get them to use their arms as as almost like as if they're conducting themselves. Da 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 da. So and, and getting the shoulder the sorry, the elbows out from the body, we keep the uh, elbows close because it makes us feel safe and yeah. it also makes you feel small but it makes you feel safe uh, so this everything. idea of bringing this bringing this out ba ba right and you are really connected to the legs that's why i love hip-hop and jazz yeah because those yeah. you know uh those are the two that really get down in the quads by the way this, this is a by the way i also yeah, i'll take it one of the jobs i worked with which i loved two jobs the national ballet of canada karen kane called me up one day yeah night.
0: i read about that
1: yeah and then i ended up doing the same thing with the san francisco ballet well can yeah. i tell you so what so they're working
0: with ballet dancers just i'm working with know ballet dance. Don't know,
1: okay. that's right mm-hmm. and what they were doing was west side story Suite, which jerome robbins choreographed yeah. For ballet, it wasn't the it wasn't the the full production of West Side Story, and yeah. um, it hadn't been done in twenty five years at that point. But Karen Kane uh, called me up and said, these dancers have to sing, they have to sing a bit as a as a full group, and then we need um, some soloists that are in the core that actually dance. Oh, so great. I'm going, oh right. So she said, how do we do that? So I came up with the idea. I said, uh, and this was when people were, more, you know, more, more working with uh, CDs. I did a recording, like a car- like a version of the song. I think from a recording of it, uh, and and uh, as an audition mm-hmm. piece. So the boys, I, uh, the guys, I had boy, boy, crazy boy. The song cool. And for the girls, I did yeah. I want to. I want. I want to be a. We did that song. So I just chose yeah. a small bit of it. And I said, mm-hmm. what you'll do is you'll give them the piece, the part with the vocal in it, and then you're gonna give them a piano track that I created with no vocal in it. You're gonna do 80 copies, give them to all of your dancers, give them a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna videotape They're going to like audition on videotape at that time. Right. So I did. I went in and that took two days to audition everybody, put everybody on videotape. Yeah. And uh, it was one of the most exhilarating jobs that I ever did.
0: I, I, I mean, I memorize lines by walking around because I need to be in my body. I do like the dishes and I, I go for walks and things like that. But this discussion, I have to tell you, is such a great reminder to so many aspects of, I don't know, of what what why I started this whole career because it reminds me of the magic and that we can still access that magic even when we're trying to hit a little piece of blue tape on the floor.
1: Absolutely, you are so right, Naomi. And we yeah. forget that we, we get so caught up in oh you know especially when you're you're uptight about an audition and you think you should be this way you should be that way oh,
0: yeah. and, and yeah. trying to
1: second guess what the director wants when you know sometimes what you come mm-hmm. up with is exactly the opposite of what they want so you got to trust the power of you trust the power of mm-hmm. what, what you are and you know because they may want something completely different
0: I know. And, and it's such a weird business because we, we, we go and we go into this business because we are connecting our heart to something that is uh, passionate and magical, as you say. And then at some point it becomes less about the heart and more about the, the like being watched. And that's when oh, like, like our brains kind of flip a little bit, right? Because it becomes less about like the connection to the word and more about the connection to your red carpet.
1: Oh yeah. Again, that, and, and you know what? I mean, even then that forgive yourself because I mean, I think that there's, I think that there has to be some sort of ego thing involved. I, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not so Canadian as to be self-effacing completely. Right. 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 And that, but the ego is more, I know, I can create that magic. And sometimes, you yes. know, especially as younger people growing up, you watch somebody else do it, you think, eh, I can, I can do that better. And that's not a bad right. thing well, to do to say to yourself. So go and figure out how to do right. it better, right? So yeah. I think that there is a for, uh, an element of ego that pushes us forward. Certainly, as a younger person, uh, it just has to be yeah. tempered with, yeah. you know, the overall creating, wanting to create great art and wanting to create moments and and all of that good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Elaine, this has been so delightful. I have to say, what a great Uh, just a reminder of the the passion behind this this work that we do
1: well I do kind of run off at the mouth a lot don't I
0: (laughs) no (laughs) I'm I'm on that run with you buddy I'll go anywhere I think you're fantastic
1: oh I think you are just brilliant and you are a treasure to our Canadian industry you really are you're just you're just a breath of of joy and delight when I watch you work thank you that's lovely that's and i'm not really bsing you either
0: i can see i can see your face and it's only truthful <laughs> it so is. thank you and let me follow let me wrap this up with our okay. wrap-up questions for fire don't questions. have to be fast They're okay the same all right fill in the blank ready okay oh dear. to me a firecracker oh, is oh and you can't be wrong by the way oh For me, a firecracker is somebody
1: who takes what they have, builds it to its highest uh, degree of artistic um, perfection and throws it Mm -hmm. back at the audience.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. What do you want to be best known
1: for? What do I want to be best known for? Uh, My pumpkin pie? No. Uh, perhaps okay. not. I don't even. I don't. I don't even make it anymore. Uh, I gave up after. No, I, but I do. I do make a very good pumpkin pie. Um, I, what do I want to be best known for? I don't know. Helping somebody turn on the light up here in their brain and in their heart, yeah. and and throw them out into the world of performing uh, in a, in a powerful way. Helping them open up to their uh, own possibilities. Fantastic. What are two
0: words to describe your present state of mind? Totally terrified.
1: And that's not wrong.
0: That's fair. fair. You know, like before
1: ever, and that's an important part of performing before everything that I do, I never come to it with this sort of smug thing. I think, Oh God, are they going to find out that I'm stupid? Or are they going to find out that I really don't know what I'm talking about? You know, the whole imposter
0: syndrome sets in. Mm -hmm. Well, you are far from stupid. You have a wealth of knowledge in that brain and heart of yours. Um, What is something People don't know about you. Um, that I like to sleep in till noon. No, 11 a.m. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. My final question is, what advice would you have given to a younger Elaine Overhold? Just believe that you can take a step
1: and you must take the step. It might be this fork in the road. It might be that fork in the road. But don't stop. Take one of them. And if that, there's no right or there's no wrong. You just got to go through it. Go through the fear and just do
0: it. I love it so much. I have so enjoyed speaking with you today, Elaine. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, Naomi, I wish you all the best. You are an extremely gifted human being. And uh, the world is a better place because of the work that
0: you do and who you are. Oh, my God. That means so much to me. I really appreciate it. And I just appreciate the work you're doing. Like just telling people to take that one step. Yep. Got to do it yeah oh thank you thank you thank you i hope we'll keep in touch and i hope you know that if there's anything that we can do for you we're in your corner
1: yes and the next time i see you on stage hosting something or maybe we'll see each other on set who knows because i've worked on so many movies yes, and tv yes. shows i'm gonna go give you a yes. biggest hug ever because COVID will oh, be over and we'll the be most able to
0: awkwardly hug, long hug. yeah you'll be like sneakers let go it's too long it's yeah. too long <laughs> I love And then you'll be like, and let go of that jaw tension. Sneakers. Yeah, it's too much. that jaw. Ah, Absolutely,
1: yeah, 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 you're yeah, so yeah.
0: right. So much fun. I have to say, I always get a little nervous around vocal coaches and like really good acting coaches because I think, oh man, they can see right through me, and they can be like, oh, I see, I see your tricks, Sneakus, or they can like see when I'm holding tension. And why? And she'd be like, oh, your shoulders are up. And then, you know, I'll just burst into tears and flames. And why is that, why is that? Why do they hit your heart so much? I've worked with a couple acting coaches like that. All they have to do is like, put your shoulders down and I'll just like burst into tears. It's incredible. Talking to Elaine was so amazing. And she just has so much knowledge and so many stories to share. You can actually get trained by elaine herself not only in person because she does private lessons even in this COVID, she'll do that over zoom but with her album on apple music called elaine overholt's big voice vocal warm-up and workout it's fantastic i've had a little taste of it i'm a fan we're gonna link it in our show notes along with her social handles at big voice studio and at elaine overholt as always let us know what you thought on our instagram and twitter firecracker D E P T. let us know what made you laugh? What hits your heart? What made you jump into creative action? I love I love not only the idea that these discussions are inspiring, but they're inspiring into action. That's super important. That might even be our, our slogan, firecracker department, jumping into creative action. What do you think? Hmm, maybe. Okay, while you're online and waiting for Elaine's album to finish downloading, cause that's what you're gonna wanna do. Leave us a little review and let us know what stuck with you from the episode. We always love hearing from you and we write back to all your notes. So thank you so much. Big shout out to the folks that are clicking and going through our newsletter. We don't do a lot of newsletters because I know it's a lot. It's a lot of uh, information overload, right? But we do a monthly newsletter that just has the podcasts and a little bit of an update about what's going on with Firecracker Department, so you can keep all in touch with all the fantastic things that the Firecracker Department team is bringing to you. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours, and I'm a fan of my Firecracker Department team. Man, they are working so hard to do so much for our community. So if you want to thank anybody, just give the kudos to the Firecracker Department team. Like I always say, there's space for everyone within the Firecracker department. And if you're not already part of our Facebook members group, why not? There's tons of stuff going on over there. That's our central hub for connecting with the Firecracker community and where all our event reminders, conversations, and connections happen. Uh, Like, are you an actor or a writer? Because we have the script department and writing department as well. Weekly, the writing department posts a prompt on Mondays so that you can do that anytime. Plus, we do a little writing gym with bursts so you don't even have to prepare anything. We do that on Zoom every Thursday. Come and join us over there. Every Sunday, we host a community brunch on Zoom. That new and current firecrackers looking to meet other creative people like you can hang out and connect, and it's always really fun. We drink coffee, we often wear our pajamas and have bathrobes, and that's the way it rolls. We always want to know what you're doing and how we can help you move forward creatively. There's a lot going on, and there's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table. Come find yours, share your voice with the world, and connect with your people. Stay in the loop with everything I just threw at you by subscribing to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com. Big, huge, ginormous thanks to my whole team. I'm throwing my arms up. Ginormous! Everyone who's in Los Angeles, Toronto, Vancouver, New York, and all the way over in the UK. Thanks to all our core members for everything that they do online and off to make this community, this firecracker department growing into what it is becoming, which is so important to me and from what i'm hearing from the feedback it's important to you too so thank you big thanks to jeff militinovic and igor karila for our theme music we love it and thanks to you yeah you the one listening right now for taking the time to listen because we know there's a lot of options out there and we so appreciate you taking the time to listen to us thanks everybody thanks for listening i'm naomi and we'll see you next time on the firecracker department